Hey, Kevin here, Skylabs, bringing you another video. Definitely gonna be a fun one. Today, we're gonna get into some of the most rare and unique stereo pieces that came out of the 70s. They're known online as the Euro versions or the blackface versions. And if you've never heard or seen a few of these pieces of electronics, I got a feeling you are about ready to be just as blown away as I was when I first discovered the world of European models from the 70s. I have a few of these pieces. I'll show you the ones I have. We've had a few come in for repair and for resale. There really isn't a lot of information out there on these pieces of equipment. So I'm gonna try and keep this one as basic as possible. I'll show you the ones that I'm the most familiar with, the ones that we've had hands-on experience with. And if anybody's got any more information on these out there, by all means, put it in the comments because um, I'm pretty good at digging through information online and it is bleak. So go ahead, get relaxed. It's Sunday morning. We're going to look at some really good eye candy from the vintage 70s. This is just good, clean audio fun. Here we go. And I think we'll start with some of the Pioneer models as I've definitely seen the most of those. I've had quite a few of them. I still own one to this day that's not for sale. And while Pioneer already had two black-faced receivers for the US market in the early 70s, being the 770 and the 440, the first true European model or black-faced model really came out during the X3X series, which would have been from 1974 to 1976. And while the X3X series had six receivers in its lineup. Only three of these were made for the European market with the black-faced faceplates. And those would be the 5530, which is essentially an SX535. And then you also have the 7730, which would be the same thing as a 737. And then lastly, you've got the 9930, which would be the same thing as a Pioneer SX939. Kind of odd that they didn't make a European version of the SX1010 considering that was the first receiver to break the 100 watt per channel threshold. Definitely would have been a really nice collector piece uh, to have if they did now. And again, Pioneer followed up the X2X line with the SX50 line, which included three more European receivers and also an all black cabinet. So this is a true blackout 50 series. And the models you wanna watch out for from the SX50 series would be the 5570, which would be the same as a 950. You also have the 5580, which would be the same as an SX1050. And then you have the Holy Grail, the 5590, which would be the same thing as the silver-faced SX1250. And while I'd love to get my hands on an SX5590, it's probably not gonna happen. They're just so rare and they're getting to be so valuable that it would just be out of my price range. I do have a 5580 and it is about as mint as mint gets. And it's kind of a crazy story. So I'm gonna share the story with you and then I'll show you some pictures of my beloved 5580. It's really sweet, I'm not gonna lie. A guy called on a Sunday and at the time I didn't have a separate phone for the shop and for my personal use so all phone calls came to me. And on a Sunday afternoon, being we're closed, um, I answered the phone and this guy says, hey, I'm 20 minutes outside of Des Moines. I'm on my way to the recycling and I've got a vintage receiver 
would you be interested in it? Well, of course I say, well, you know, do you have a make and model number? And he said, uh, well, it's a pioneer 5580 and okay. That got me out of the couch. And I think my reply was, you know, absolutely. Here's the shop address. I'll meet you down there in 20 minutes. And so we did. And, um, so I go up to the back of this guy's SUV and inside is this pioneer SX 5580 box. And the whole time I'm thinking, you know, please don't let me open up this box and see a Navy receiver from the eighties in here or something just destroyed. Because if this is nice and legit, obviously I'm stoked. So I go to open up the box and it is mint. I mean, about as mint as mint gets with all the original packaging and everything. This is one of those stories, and I don't want you to think this happens all the time, but it definitely has happened a few times. Sometimes we'll get customers that will come in and, you know, for whatever reason, they don't necessarily need the money. And this was the same thing where he said, you know, I've loved this thing. I've gotten my money's worth out of this. I just want this to go to a good home. I want it to get another life. And if you're willing to take it, I'm willing to give it. And you can ask anybody at the shop, when this happens, the first thing out of my mouth is, I can't do that. I have to be able to sleep at night. I'm going to sell this and I have to be able to give you something for it. Sometimes people, you, you know how it is when you go to dinner with your parents or you know a loved one or something and they just absolutely refuse to take your money. I was able to talk this guy into taking some cash but it wasn't a lot and it wasn't anywhere near what this piece was worth. Um, he was just like he said, he got his value out of it. Maybe he was wanting some good karma for down the road and I hope he got it. If you're out there watching, I hope you got your karma because you, you definitely deserve it. So I got a really, really nice 5580. And of course, you know, we went through and recapped the power supply, put the nice big Chemicon blue, filter capacitors in there and being it's my receiver and I'm not selling it. Um, I thought, you know what, why not show off those big blue capacitors in there? So I, uh, I took a strip of blue LEDs, ran the wires down an existing hole out the back and plugged that LED strip into the switched outlet. And I love the look of this. I mean, I think this is just as cool as it gets. And this, this isn't for everybody. I don't recommend this to anybody. I take the LED strips off, unplug it, pull the wire through, and it was like it was never there. So before anybody starts cringing and, you know, screaming at the TV, this is completely 100% reversible. I just think it's cool. So uh, if you don't like it, that's okay. I love it. And then the last generation before the 80s, of the Blackface Pioneers would be the SX80 series. And I've actually had quite a few of these, the smaller ones. There's the 590, the 690, the 790, and then flagship for the Euros would be the 890. Um, I currently have a 790. I also have a 780, and here's a picture of both of those together. And while I definitely love the looks of the 80 series, um, the 90 series, I don't know if it's a just a rare thing or it, I just haven't seen very many of them, but to me, um, man, they look cool. And with the SX90 series, Pioneer did kind of scale back 
on how much black was being put onto the receivers. You can tell in this one, you know, it's just the FM dial and then the meters that are black. Otherwise, it's the exact same faceplate. And by the way, if I didn't mention already, um, with all these models, including Sansui and Kenwood Pioneer, they are the exact same internals. They are the exact same service manual and service bulletins. Doesn't matter if it was a US model or if it was sold overseas or a European model. Um, these are identical except for cosmetics. And with Pioneer and unlike some of the other manufacturers we're gonna talk about, they also did this with turntables. And I really wasn't aware of this until a couple of years ago when a Pioneer PL518X came in. You know, rather than that kind of gray silver color that came with the, the 518s and the 516s, the turntables of that era, uh, if it's got an X after the number, then it's black and it's a European model. So go figure. Um, I don't really know if I like the black 518 any more than I like the regular 518. I don't think it's as big of a difference as it is with the receivers, but it's still cool and it's still kind of, you know, it's a rare novelty. So if you do come across one of those, that's what it is. And you might want to grab it because I don't think there's a lot of them out there. And the next company I wanted to talk about that was a part of this black faced European style of electronics was Sansui. And they definitely embraced this more even being their entire US market of integrated amplifiers was black, just like the ones back here behind me. They made some black faced versions of their American receivers overseas for the military PX and to be sold in Europe, the same as Pioneer did. We actually currently have a Sansui 8010 receiver, which is the same as a 771. Once again, I, I definitely like both of these, but I don't know if it's just a rarity, but to me, ah, that black is just so cool. I don't know if it's Darth Vader. I don't know if it's Knight Rider. I don't know what it is, but the black just gets me and that's all it is. And following Pioneer with their next lineup, they definitely added more European styling models to their lineup, had the 690, the 790, the 890 and the 990 which would be the equivalent of the 9090 series. And we've had a few of these come in as well. We've had an 890 and a 990. I haven't seen the smaller ones yet, but these are extremely cool as well too. I definitely love the look of this era of Sansui with the black faceplate. All those lights, everything just kind of pops out a little bit more at you. And if you've got one of these, once again, hang on to it. Um, these are not gonna go down in value they're just going to become more sought after as more people finish out their collections of having all the U.S. models or close to it. And then for the next lineup, Sansui actually changed it up a bit. Rather than offering a black-faced European version again, they decided to go with a nickel finish. And this would be for the original G series. So what would be normally a G7000, 8000, 9000, uh, became a G701, 801, and 901. I don't think they made European versions of the 22,000 and the 33,000, but I could be wrong. Those things are unicorns as it is. If there is a European version of those out there, give up. Don't even bother trying to find one because those are already hard enough to find as it is without adding a European variant to it. And fortunately for me, I actually bought a G901 this year. 
A guy called, he had one for sale, and again, this thing is about as mint as it gets. One thing really cool with this one I do want to show you guys is Rob, our lead tech at the shop, who also does really cool stuff with 3D printers. The guy's just like, he's kind of off the chain as far as his capabilities. So the problem with this era of Sansui is their filter capacitors were, they're oval and you can't get them anymore. And I like new filter capacitors in my equipment. I like new capacitors in my power supply. It just gives me peace of mind. That's a different subject, but Rob was nice enough to 3D print two new housings for those filter capacitors. So we essentially have brand new, really good capacitors inside of an oval housing that fits into my G901 and it doesn't look like something that's been cobbled up and put in there. Again, I definitely feel very lucky to own this receiver. This is probably my personal favorite line of Sansui receivers. I've owned 9090 dBs. It was one of the first monster receivers I ever owned. And that was my daily driver for multiple years. And I loved it, I did. But once I got into the G series, it just did it for me. I don't know why. I think it's a little bit more punchy, a little bit cleaner sounding, but for me, the G series, I don't think you can touch it. So, and Sansui liking to mix things up quite a bit. That's exactly what they did with the next series. They went back to black and this would be the GX 700 series. And I think the only one they made is the G 771, which would be the counterpart to the US version, the G 7700. These are very cool. I definitely like the looks of this one better than I do the previous G nickel series. Just because of the red and the blue lights, I think it just pops out so much more. Um, it just grabs your attention. Um, the big knobs, the works, definitely one of the coolest receivers out there. I don't own one. I've never seen one. Um, I will definitely grab one if I have the chance, and you should too, for sure. And then as far as I know, I think this ended the black European versions of Sansui as well, just like Pioneer. And I know Kenwood had quite a few European models as well. I don't think a lot of them deviated as much. Um, I know they had the 9000G and the 9000GX. Kenwood also did a couple really cool nickel front integrated amplifiers. And then the Super 11, which came out in 1980, uh, black-faced monster receiver. I mean, this thing's huge. I think it was sold stateside, but I'm not sure because I actually looked inside of Stereo Review Magazine. They've got a buyer's guide that a couple of you viewers told me about in the comment sections a while ago, and thank you for that. I've used that source quite a bit, but I don't seem to see the Super 11 listed in 1979, 80, or 81. I'm not sure if that was a US made one or not. It is definitely one of the coolest looking uh, Kenwood receivers out there. Also that 9000 GX is very cool looking as well. I haven't had the 9000 GX and I haven't had any of the nickel face plated um, integrated amplifiers. They do look amazing as well. But again, if you own a Kenwood European model, um, leave it in the comments. 
And with Marantz, there's a couple of oddities here as well. From what I understand, and we've had a few of these, and this would be the engraved face plates. Now, I think these were sold in the United States too. Um, rather than the lettering being silk screened on the front, it's actually engraved. And the finish on the face plate is really nice. It's almost got like a, a thick gloss on it. I've only had one. It was a 2270 that a customer brought in for repair. Um, but it, it looked really nice. And I think that was an upgrade. I think the other oddity with Marantz would be the black face plates that are in production today. I don't know if those were in production back then because trying to find a vintage black faced Marantz, I, I can't find anything. I don't know when people started making these black face plates for Marantz. I've actually had several. Um, whether it be from a customer bringing one in or me purchasing them. A while ago, I saw a picture of somebody that had a 2270 with the black faceplate in a piano black cabinet, and I freaked. I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, and the next 2270 I got, I was going to do the same thing, and that's what I did. I ordered a black faceplate from Germany, not the powder-coated ones. Those look terrible. Make sure you get one that's itemized black aluminum, not painted and porous. You don't want that. And then I had kind of a beat up WC-22 cabinet that was really in rough shape. So I just kind of filled in all the dings and dents and then smoothed it out, painted it black, and then put a ton of lacquer clear coat on top and buffed and buffed and buffed that thing. I'll never do it again. And I, I, I love the results from it. I think it looked incredible, but um, that was a lot of work. Standing outside the shop, you know, 20 times a day and putting on coats of lacquer and buffing it a thousand times. Yeah, won't be doing that again. But anyway, I think it turned out incredible. The point being, I'm not sure if those black face plates were actually ever manufactured by Marantz. I think because the Marantz face plates are flat, most face plates are stamped. You definitely have to have some pretty extensive machinery in order to make those folds and creases and all that kind of detail work in the aluminum where, you know, Marantz being it's just flat. I think anybody with a CNC machine can cut out the holes where they need to be in the window uh, for the FM dial and then silk screen the lettering on there and you're done. So I think the fact that they're so easy to make is why we're seeing the black face plates made because they look incredible. They look cool. And after scouring the internet, looking at hundreds of pictures and reading tons of threads, trying to find information on these units, I still don't know why this was done, why they weren't offered in the States, and to be honest with you, why it's still being done. Because I have another story for you. Five or six years ago, I went to buy a network streamer by Marantz. It was an NA6005. So I called my friends here in Des Moines, at Audio Video Logic and asked them to order me a Marantz NA6005. Being all my equipment at the time was silver, I asked them if they could get me the silver one because Marantz showed it in black and silver. And they came back and said, sorry, the silver ones are only available in Europe. We can only get the black ones. Go figure, it's still happening today, except it's in reverse. Now, if you're in Europe, you can get the silver ones, but if you're in the States, you can only get the black ones. 
I still don't know why they do this. I don't know why they would do this. You would think the United States and Europe and most other countries kind of share the same taste and what looks good and what they like. The manufacturer has to have all the parts and tools needed to manufacture them in two different colors. You wouldn't think it'd be that hard to offer both, but if you're in Europe, enjoy the silver stuff. If you're in the States, I guess we get black. Definitely want to thank you all for sticking around to the end of another video. Hopefully you enjoyed the content. Maybe gives you something else to get online and go down a rabbit hole and see what kind of crazy other stuff's out there. I really appreciate everybody's feedback from the last video. I had a chance this morning to kind of sit on the couch and read through those. And I really appreciate everybody and all their encouragement and all those really kind words because there was a lot of it. So thank you very much. I definitely appreciate that. Definitely leave us a comment in this video. I want to thank all the vets out there that bought all this equipment and brought it back with them. Appreciate your service and we'll see you in the next video. Thank you.